Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mum, what's your favourite day of the year? It's coming up this Sunday. And it may be slightly different this year, but it doesn't mean that you won't be getting a present. Or other mums won't be getting a present. If you haven't bought your mother anything for Mother's Day, we suggest that you order our cookbook. It's the most perfect gift. And I love you very much. And I'm very proud of this. And um... but darling, it's the gift that I've contributed to as well. What did you get me for my Mother's Day? The same thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> Look, if anyone has not yet got their mum a present for Mother's Day... We urge you. Please go and buy a cookbook, because they'll absolutely love it. I know, because I wrote it. (laughs) And I'm a mum. And mum knows best. I do. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mum after a long day of promo. Yep. Today we have such a brilliant artist. He's a poet, he's a rapper, he's a musician, he's an actor, he's one of the best actors that we've got and one of the best artists that we've got. He's just brilliant and he's Riz Ahmed and this is, feels like a massive deal that we've got him coming over. I'm bloody excited. Very excited. You know, Riz Ahmed used to be Riz MC and part of Sweatshop Boys and has worked with a brilliant producer, Rodinho, who I love. So it's just a real pleasure to be having him over to talk about his new record, The Long Goodbye. Um, I just watched the short film to accompany the album and it's harrowing and brilliant, pure dystopia and just a really compelling performance and uh, incredibly provocative. So everyone go and watch that and listen to the record. It's come out this week. So he must be knackered because he's probably proper in promo world. I know how he feels, Doc. Oh, Mum, how was your day today? Very tired. We did Woman's Hour, Five Live, Robert Elms, an interview with a lovely lady BBC Wells. Alary. Alary. Yeah, I love Alary. And what's on the menu tonight? Uh, should I take this away, Mum, just to give yeah. you a little breather? Um, Primavera risotto. We've been doing a whole day of promo and we've got in and we're going to do the risotto. It's so simple. It's nearly spring, I'd say. Is it spring yet? Kind of. Um, it's got asparagus, broad beans, peas, spinach. Um, it's vegetarian because we've heard Riz is vegetarian. So we thought we'd do this risotto. And then I thought on the side... Just to pep it up, um, we are going to do the um, slow roasted tomatoes with capers and garlic, oregano, mint, thyme, and you slow roast them for two and a half hours. So you honestly, you just you do it very quickly and then you bung them in the oven. And you don't have to think about them. And just serve that with some rocket and pine nuts because I couldn't actually find some green beans. And then for put, we are having rhubarbs in season so I've roasted some rhubarb with some orange zest and the juice of an orange and a bit of sugar and some stem ginger my fave roasted um, the rhubarb for about 25 minutes and then just bought 
some meringues and whipped up some cream and just going to bang it all together for an eating mess so easy so I think yeah we've done something that we're actually relatively calm and, and ready yeah. to to have somebody it's even though we've had collaboration oh yeah yep. teamwork teamwork makes the dream work I'm excited about this one Riz Ahmed coming up on Table Manners We have Riz Ahmed in our house in Clapham on a Monday evening. Yeah. Pouring with rain. I feel like this is like... And you've brightened it all up. Yeah, you're so so smiley and happy. A lot of energy. I'm really happy to be here, man. This is like usually, you know, I know I've been running around doing interviews all day and I just come in, it's like a nice home-cooked meal. Well, that, I yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're hopefully going to give you. And it's, I, I hope, it, yeah, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. What do you mean I hope it's all right? No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, um, but it's such a pleasure to have you. I've admired you from afar for a very, very oh, long likewise, time. Likewise, man. I've loved your music for ages. Oh, and thanks. I think I like, I mean, I, met, I came to one of your shows, I think, was it a Shepherd's Bush oh, or something God, like that? Oh my God, back yeah. in the day. Wow. Yeah, and, and I was like... I think I stand you afterwards and I was like, oh man, just love what you do. Oh, and you think that your little partner teaches at uh, QKs? Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. And, and that's where all my friends, a lot of my friends used to go to QKs as well. Oh, wow. Um, and so we had that whole chat. And I just remember just really, I really loved about your music, the way it was kind of bringing, you know that amazing thing that Garage did? in the late 90s and early 2000s. I love that which you look at like my mum for that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, she's well, like, absolutely. I know about so that. Solid I'm more of a house girl. Myself. You're more of a two-step house, H&G. <laughs> to be honest. Okay, I feel you. But um, of like, just bringing together all these different influences of like American R&B and soul oh, and, and garage and... You need to see him once a week. I know. Just yeah. pep I talk. It. No, Chris, I love you're, it. You're like I love a motivational it. speaker. No, I love this. I, I, just, I just loved it. And I just felt like... I know, and also just the way you were just always so yourself on stage. I found that quite inspirational as well because something that we were just talking about before you started recording was this idea of who you're allowed to be in public. Partly it's like who other people allow you to be and partly it's like who you allow yourself to be or who you think you're allowed to be. And I just remember coming to that show going like, you know, it was all so cool. Like everything was so cool. The videos were like cool. It was all like Sade <laughs> and you got like Garage and R&B and all these influences that we love. And it was just like the coolest, one of the coolest things happening, you know, in London and going to your show and you were just so unpretentious and so oh, yourself. Wow, thank you. And then I chatted to you afterwards. I was like, what? There's this connection from like our part. And I don't know. I just it got, it kind of got me thinking. So anyway, it's good to chat to you. But I do think about that sometimes about what masks you're asked to wear. Mm. and how comfortable we are taking those masks off. It's kind of like defined a lot of my life and defines a lot of my work, really. But is it... Do you feel like you've got this responsibility to... I do, yeah. Well, represent British Muslims, but also represent yourself as an actor, a poet, an MC, a musician, Mm. a political speaker. Like, you're kind of... You're wearing a lot of hats, which I think is absolutely fine, you know. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I do wonder if it's a little bit different in America... Where I think in America, they kind of like don't mind. Like, yeah, singing, all singing, all dancing, do it all, whatever. Like, you know, as long as we're into it, we don't mind. I think there is a bit more of a kind of, in Britain, you're expected to stay in your lane a bit more. And so when you enter different rooms, you enter them with different sets of expectations that are imposed on you. And I I think 
in part that can be kind of healthy you know there's a healthy british skepticism where we're not just like oh wow what's the new like the new thing in town we're all mm. going to get guessed up about it i think it's more like you know people are okay you know want you to prove yourself a bit more rigorous before we before we pat you on the back it can be annoying it can have good sides to it um but i do sometimes feel that responsibility and i do feel like it kind of goes all the way back to my childhood if i'm honest mm. where i think you know, I grew up kind of working class Pakistani household. In London? In London, yeah, in Wembley, northwest Wembley. London. Yeah, exactly. And then but I got scholarships from a young age to go Did to you? private schools that were like in like an hour away. Mm-hmm. Where? Um, I went to Merchant Taylors, which was oh, in, in Moor Park. School, yeah. Really good school. It changed my life. Um, but it was also a school going through a lot of changes, going from being quite posh and white to being a lot more multicultural and you know, we would have run-ins All there. All the Asian the kids thing. are the bright kids. That's why they wanted you in there. Well, exactly. There was, exactly. There was this whole weird kind of yeah. thing going on where the school became a microcosm for the growing pains that the Britain was feeling. The, the, the year that I started there was the McPherson inquiry into Stephen Lawrence's killing. So there was this, it was this kind of real growing pains moment in Britain and in that school. Again, I had an amazing time there and it changed my life and I wouldn't say a bad word about it, but it was just the reality of Britain at that time. Do you know so what I mean? So were you in the minority at that school? I was when, by the time I started, by the time I finished, finished I was probably 50-50. Yeah. So it was that, that real kind of transition moment. Mm. And, you know, growing up between classes and cultures and that, and then, you know, I'd be skipping off class to go and hang out with my mates at QKs, for example, <laughs> you know, it was a very different kind of school. And, and it was almost like I was playing different roles every day from when I was a kid you know I'm like wearing shalwar kameez at home I'm wearing a school uniform at, at, at school and the, you know they have different houses and the house that I was in was Clive named after Clive of India the guy who literally colonised India I'm Ooh. representing that house Ooh, yeah. yeah and then and then skipping off class to go and hang out with my mates and I'm wearing you know fake Moschino and Reebok Classics and I've taken a change, change of clothes with me everywhere and so I was kind of playing different roles wearing these different masks not completely masked, they're part of me, but the whole time. And so I've always been doing this thing subconsciously of like taking the temperature of a room and code switching. I think that's how I was able to be an actor. And I think there's a lot of good things about that. It develops a lot of different skills and muscles and perspectives. But I think it's only really now that I feel like I'm able to go, yeah, but who are you when no one's watching? Who are you internally? Who are you when you take that mask off? And so anyway, I just really admire people who lead with that. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think it must be quite exhausting, Matt, right? Having to, I mean, because weirdly, I think, I, yes, I think actually I think we're, we're quite similar. Because we're Jewish. Mm. But my mum wasn't Jewish when she met my father and she oh, really? became Jewish. So I always felt slightly on the periphery of being Jewish, mm. but I didn't feel really English either. Mm. So I always felt like I was looking in. And recently I had to do an interview for a Jewish m- newspaper because they always claim you. You, you know, it's, it's the same with Pakistan. If you do yeah. well, they want you, they want <laughs> to claim you and say, and I, they asked me. Uh, We're what still was hanging it? on that like Lenny Kravitz is really Jewish. Yeah, but they asked me my mum's maiden name. And I suddenly, my heart sank because wow. she wasn't born Jewish. You felt and like people were going to judge you. Yeah. And it was just like that. So I felt like, so I felt I was always in, my mum's family were not Jewish. So I used to go and see them and 
they were all quite different to my mm. dad's family, and I always felt I was stepping in different rooms as well. Wow. I wonder. And now, also, I think with anti-Semitism, and I think there is a rise in anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. There's a rise in all hate crimes. All it's really hate crazy, crimes, isn't it? I think you're right. So. When I first got married to Jesse's dad, he used to say, why do you tell everyone you're Jewish straight away? And I think I told them in case they were anti-Semitic and said something vile about Jews. And I stopped doing it, but I've started doing it again because I'm so scared someone's going to say something nasty about Jewish people. You haven't seen the short film that Riz has put out. No, I haven't yet. But it's... I mean, also... Kind of speaks to this a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, because it kind of nods to... well. Not to spoil it. Well, I'm going to spoil it. It's a spoiler. Um, Actually, you know what? In- don't. No? I would say okay. don't. Okay, yeah. fine. Because in they a should- way... Okay, watch fine. It. Go and watch it. But, but it's harrowing and actually yeah. I, it was really upsetting and brilliant. And uh, mutual friend Anil yeah, shot it. Yeah, yeah. Well, directed it with Amazing you. Amazing director. Yeah, so my good friend has a baby with him. So oh, Laura, what? Yeah, That's so little crazy. Rayanne was here for, um, for yeah. my son. I just with Anil today. Oh, boy, We yeah. were just talking about the response to the film and how crazy it is. It's like, wow, like... And we how were, has it been? It's been incredible. It's been, it's been... It's been really moving, actually. You know what you were talking about there is, you know, as an insider, outsider, you always feel this kind of precarity of your position. You're not quite sure one foot in, one foot out. And in a way, like, everything that, without realising it, and I think now I'm doing it much more explicitly and intentionally, everything I think I've been doing with my work in any field is to try and take that no man's land where people like us have often felt we are stuck and, and say it's not no man's land, it's our land. Like, yeah, claim you're it, right. plant a flag. And, and, but in a way, I think more people than not uh, would see themselves as inhabiting a place that is hard to put a clean label on. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people feel this kind of slight mongrel identity. Yeah. And, and, and in a way, like, yeah, I think part of what I'm trying to do with, the, with, that, with the film part of what I'm trying to do with the album and in a way with everything I do is to kind of plant a flag in no man's land and say actually we're here mm. actually we don't fit in a box mm. but we're going to make our own but it does like you know I mean that's on a kind of abstract emotional level on a, on a practical level yeah the film talks a little bit about I mean it doesn't talk about anything you just got to watch it really but it's about this it, kind it, of hate it, crimes it, it gives a nice like yeah, almost well, well, I, it, it, the Nazis and, and, okay. and the treatment of Jews. It, it, well, it, it, you yeah. think, how could this happen again? No, it, and it's a dystopian world. It can happen. Yeah, yeah. well. I mean, yeah. It happened in Bosnia. Yeah. It's happening right now in India. Yeah. Mm. It's happening it's in Burma and Myanmar. Yeah. It's happening in a lot of countries, man. So it does feel like we've just all lost our shit and we're just, you know, we're like in this <laughs> crazy dystopian world. Are you going to go and live in Hollywood? <laughs> you're getting safer over there well no but I don't know you've got the option to just run away if you want to I don't feel like you would but like where do you mm. do you still think of London as home in the set because you must have to spend a lot of time in LA right I know it's, it's weird I think um, isn't it always funny like the kind of the idea from the outside and the reality from the inside <laughs> I'm in London like all the time are you yeah I live in London <laughs> I still live in northwest London I'm here the whole time I've never lived anywhere else Oh. Ever and people always assume that that um, you live elsewhere just because you see people's faces pop up in yeah, an American yeah. film. Um, I did spend a, uh, the whole of 2018 there um, to prepare that? for a role. It was good. I had to learn how to play the drums. 
What role was wow. this? Yeah, it's a film called Sound of Metal. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. And um, I had to learn drumming. And That's I had quite to... fun, though. It's so hard. Did you put can any you of play, that? Can you play any of that? Can I fuck? No, my, when I was a backing singer for my friend Jack Pignate, he gave me a tambourine and I couldn't even fucking do that while singing. Like, honestly, I, can't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. It's a lot. But did you put any of your drumming skills onto the record? Or did you leave it to Rodinho? Um, no, no, that was all Rodinho, who's our mutual friend Who as we well. Love. Yeah, and he's amazing. He's and you've been incredible. working with for a long time. For like... Sweatshop Boys. For over 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we, we became friends from MySpace. Oh my God, I love it. So I'm not going to put you in a box, but are you a musician first or an actor first? You know, I... In a way, what I'm trying to do with this record is put all the toys in one box. Okay. Because, you know... It's fair to ask because I would kind of deliberately separate them as well because I said, no, nah, I want to prove myself just in this and I want to prove myself just in this. So I used to go and do the rap battles and, you know, and I used to go and, you know, go to the Shakespeare audition and, you know, try and speak in a certain way. And But now I guess I'm just putting it all together. So like with this album, it's called The Long Goodbye. It's, um, it's a rap album, but it's also spoken word. It also has singing on it. And Rodinho has produced it in a way where it's got UK, you know, bass music influences but it's also got a lot of Asian influences mm. uh, Bhangra Gawali Sufi music so it's kind of like trying to put all of you know take off all the masks take off all the hats just go mask off basically and it's also a storytelling kind of thing so that's you know from an acting point of view there's that element it's to a it. concept record so you, yeah it's a breakup with Britain yeah, it's a breakup album. Well, and I understand it, Jess. Yeah, it's, mm. it's very okay. personal. Is that, is that how you've, you've been feeling similarly? or What? This, I, th I that you're going very, for a breakup with Britain? I don't even know if I want to stay here any longer. Mm. I feel so sad. We, we, thank Where God. Would we, you, you'd go to LA, though. No, I wouldn't. I couldn't go to LA. And I, I, don't, I couldn't go to Israel, either, because mm -hmm. I don't Why, like you feel like politics. an outsider? No, well, don't no. Agree with you, that. You're embraced yeah. as a Jew in Israel. You're embraced. That's why we have to have Israel existing. Mm -hmm. But do I want to be in a country where Netanyahu is in charge? I no, you, I yeah. don't. Do I want a country where Palestinians and Jews can live side by side? Yeah. Will they ever achieve that? Not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know that I feel completely comfortable here anymore. And I did always. Mm. There's so much anti-Semitism at the moment. Mm, I feel is. very, very uncomfortable. But not just anti-Semitism. Right-wing Islamophobia. Yeah. People hating people for no reason. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing, isn't it? Where... Uh, they, they managed to kind of pit everyone against each yeah. other. Yeah. And like, and, and the conversation around anti-Semitism and Islamophobia and, you know, anti-LGBT attack, it, it, it all needs to go hand in hand. It has to because, and not to flatten out the issues because they are different, you know. Anti-Semitism is different to, you know, Islamophobia. Actually, I don't even like Islamophobia because it kind of almost legitimizes it as a, as as a pathological it's, yeah, it's fear, a phobia, like arachnophobia yeah. you're, and you're, agoraphobia. You're right. It's a ridiculous phrase. We should just say anti-Muslim Anti-Muslim, you're right. Anti-Muslim hate, anti-Semitism, anti-LGBT. You know, it's like, I worry a little bit with... The amazing thing about social media is everyone can find their tribe. Sad That's, thing about so, that, yeah. social media is yeah. it really fans the flame of tribalism. Y yeah, you're so right. we're kind of all in our own little silos as opposed to linking up and there's such territorialism and like I don't know I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of hoping we can find some more common ground to challenge all of the madness that's no, going you're on right. right now so one real extremist one horrible 
anti-Muslim, anti-Semite, anti-black person in, I don't know, up in, in some part of the country, manages to find on Twitter someone else he identifies with. And then he finds a group that he identifies with. And yeah. all of a sudden it's, yeah. Yeah, apparently when they modelled online hate, what they use is um, kind of virus yeah. and um, virus modeling. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, tropical disease epidemic modeling and stuff like that. Jesus. It's crazy. It's crazy. When did you start doing music? Um, 15 years ago, I think. Something like that. How do you know? You're um, now boy. I'm 37. You're not. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm an old man. So from my early 20s, I'm actually probably before that. I mean, my first track was out in 2005. And it kind of started down this road of like being stuff I've got to get off my chest. So, so um, I was like emceeing on local pirate radio stations. Then I got into Oxford and I was like, this is not a good look. Like, how you know, MCs are going to go to Oxford. And I thought, actually, I can put on club nights so I can just like learn my craft and just be, you know, emceeing into drum and bass every week for like three years. It paid my way through university. What did you read at Oxford? Politics, philosophy, economics. Makes PPE. sense. <laughs> right, like yeah. The, the hardest one to get into. No, yeah, I don't know about that. It's the one for blaggers, honestly. Because that's one thing that's kind of alarming. You know, they say it's the one that you learn for people who want to go into politics. Really, in, in a way, what they're teaching you is give a bit of this side, give a bit of that side on the debate, come down somewhere in the fence, 1,500 words on my desk. That's like civil service training. Do you know what I mean? They're basically teaching you how to like, yeah. kind of not really have yeah. an opinion. Um, Balanced view, it's Yeah, called. right, exactly, exactly. Do you come from a big family? I do come from a big family, yeah. I mean, it's mostly my mum's side here in the UK. So I've got like 16 cousins on my mum's side. Uh, my mum's one of six siblings. Uh, yeah, they came to the UK in the, in the mid-70s. Yeah, I've got, you know, loads of How uncles, aunts, and the whole sisters? thing. I've got one brother and one sister, yeah. both older than me. Yeah, married? Um, uh, my sister is, yeah. My brother's a psychiatrist. Where's he a psychiatrist? In Australia. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy actually because he, he does a lot of, oh, no pun intended, but he does a lot of kind of work on cultural psychiatry. And so you see the different issues you get in different places. And apparently like in Australia, the whole thing is, is meth, crystal oh, meth. Oh, is it? Because really? like it's so dangerous. It's hard to import drugs there. So they will cook up meth. So there's a crazy meth epidemic there. Totally different to the issues yeah. you get over here. Random mental health tangent. So you grew up with a brother and sister. Brother and a sister, lots of cousins. Oh, yeah, like two or three streets where there's like loads so of our families' houses. So who did houses. the cooking? My mum. Is she a great cook? She's amazing. Yeah. She's incredible, man. What was your favourite? She's favorite? so good. What was your favourite What was, what is still my favourite is Nihadi. What so is that? So Nihadi is something that, it's basically... Um, it's traditionally a kind of a beef stew, but over here, what you found is beef is a bit more expensive, and particularly after mad cow disease and stuff, oh, yeah. it was a big shift. I'm really interested in how food shifts yeah. with migration. So a lot of the beef dis dishes in India, Pakistan, get made with lamb over here, yeah. whereas lamb's more expensive there. Okay. And so my mouth is literally watering. Don't mind it. I want to come to your house. Okay, so it's basically a really spicy, really, really thick um curry yeah where the meat kind of like falls off the bone oh yeah oh, we yeah. love and that and you kind of cook it for like hours 12 hours yeah. Yeah. you know really low heat you just leave it in there and the kind of i think the dough that you use to make the chapatis you take some of that dough water and you put it in as well so it thickens it and 
and you just garnish it with loads of coriander and chopped fresh ginger and you know you have it with a stack of rotis so nihadi is like yeah so, so, so hold on wait. we got told you're a bloody vegetarian yeah but no, if maybe only had a gluten-free oh, vegetarian you know no, I mean, is it because you only this is me actually trying oh for fuck's sake this we could have done some bloody lamb for you now all would've, good. Wouldn't have been as good as your mum. Good. So good. Sadiq Khan, when he he came here and broke his fast yeah. here, okay. when it was Ramadan, but he said the basis of any curry is onion and tomato. So is Nahadi onion and tomato? Nahadi is not a tomato curry. No, no. Sadiq, nah, man. Sadiq, <laughs> you don't want him. You don't want him to cook for you. That's clear. No, look, he told us that. Do you remember? Not to all curries. So for karahi, it would be for like a you know you've got a. a Curries like do piazza, which means yeah. two onions, and the base of that is do just piazza onions. Is two onions. Yeah, do piaz, two onions, do piaz, do piaza. So you, my mouth keeps watering as I'm talking about this. And so that's like, um, you know, a purely onion based curry. You have green based curries. So that would be like, I don't know, ginger, garlic, some coriander. You know who's a good cook? Who? Naughty Boy. You know, the oh, producer, Shah, Naughty Boy. Is Shah a a very good cook. And so is um, Heems, who is my rap partner in sweatshop boys ah. really good cook man so your mum makes this n- nihadi nihari nihari yes okay exactly. is that an urdu it's, it's yeah yeah north indian yeah and Pakistani it's, kind of yeah thing. and it's um what's that word mean <clears throat> nihari i think as crazy as it sounds you're meant to have that for breakfast oh so if you leave it all night and you have it so i think the idea is you're meant to eat it niharmu which means um like an empty mouthed or like okay you know not having eaten anything so when you're already. hungry yeah like apparently it's a kind of a breakfast thing not great that diabetes heart disease in the community it's because you have you know stuff like that for breakfast um but no with the vegetarianism have you not tried it i mean and i would you I, consider I, it for I, moral I, and ethical I, yeah yes absolutely and we don't and consider it and then i don't do it no no, 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 no. Oh, i see i could do it i could do it and we definitely have cut down yeah we hardly eat any meat but um except on friday and saturday but yeah we've cut down yeah um but um and my husband's essentially he'd be vegan if he could kind of keep it up all the time but he's just lazy with cooking but um yeah absolutely i think everyone's making more of a conscious effort but i do love meat but i do feel like i need to be like you know it needs to be more ethical sourced and yeah, all that but I want to what, save the planet isn't it that yeah. it's like the planet it's our own health yeah. it's the whole thing I mean I'm just trying to think about how I can cut down so, they say don't they basically don't would, eat beef yeah. if but you want to help be the very planet. hard right. to, I mean Pakistani families who've entertained me eat the most fantastic food so, but it's very meat based it's very meat based Indian yeah. not how, so much how does your mum yeah. feel about your newfound vegetarianism she knows she like kind of laughs she's like oh yeah okay you know cool cool look what I've made <laughs> look what I've got I just cooked some of this don't have it nah nah go on no, 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 don't eat it don't eat it you're vegetarian aren't you so just before you know it I'm just like wiping the bowl with the roti you know what I mean so um, it's not very it's not hugely successful but I'm just trying, you're trying I'm trying to yeah um, so are you good at cooking I'm not great so what have you had today? I'll be Tell honest, me what you've I'm eaten today. I'm not great, man. Today, I mean... You've been to Nando's? Almost. They do a bean thing now, don't they? They've been doing it for a while, Mum. Have they? Yeah. Yeah. 
I went, um, so I'm in rehearsals for my tour for the album and there's like a theatre near where we're rehearsing and they do a wicked like chicken leg and I oh, see so you can see the vegetarian thing. Oh, have you eaten my chicken? I've eaten chicken today. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm in, livid. I'm livid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living. So naughty. He did say, to be fair, he would eat ch- chicken or but fish. We, but we were, we were very, we were respectful. very respectful. I was wondering when I came in, it was, felt like there were like dietary requirements were just like making the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah. You were like, yeah, Tense. Oh, we cooked. Um, so wait, what is the kind of thing that you normally cook? What do you normally get into? It's like brisket and like really? short ribs. Zowie Ashton had short ribs. Yes, she see? had treble. And they were like yeah. fantastic. What else would we chicken have? Chicken soup. My, my Jewish chicken soup with oh, wow. matzo. But you're gluten yeah. free too as well. Yeah. I mean, today. Oh, don't. You're driving me I crazy. Big, oh, you yeah. had a few rotis as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to polish off the chicken. Leg. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. So, so we ask everybody what their last supper would be. Yeah. So you've got a starter, main, pud, and drink of choice. Okay. You can mull this over, you can do yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I've got it. Oh, I know okay, what it fine. is straight away. Let's yeah. Go. So I would have three courses. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, it's going to be four. Fine. Yeah. So the, I would start with Pani Puri. What is that? Which is, or Gol Gape, depending what you call how, what you call them. You probably had them in an Indian restaurant before, Pakistani place or whatever, which is, you know, you've got those, those like round balls that are hot, completely hollow. They're like, imagine like crisps, you know, and they yes, carry on. They're I called puchkas as well. Yeah, right. and you basically crack the top of them with yeah. your finger, and, yeah, and then you have a bit of chickpea and potato mix, and you put that in there about halfway, and then what you get is some tamarind water. I've never had this. Spiced actually. tamarind water, and you pour that into this this little yeah. ball, and so what you've got is like a little kind of. An, a hollow ball that's halfway full of tamarind water, chickpeas and potato. You take the whole thing Shove and you it put in. it in your mouth in one go and you just bite and it explodes in your mouth. And so you get the tamarind water all around it. You get the soft kind of, you know, potato with the bit more texture of the chickpea. And you've got the crispy. It's just like perfect. And do you know Asma Khan? Uh, I was with her yesterday, actually. Darjeeling, Darjeeling, yeah. yeah. She's so funny, man. She cracked me up. We were on Sunday brunch together. Quite hardcore. Yeah, but I, I loved her and I love what she's doing. And she's going to Bangladesh to Cox's Bazaar. Oh, yeah. And I went there with UNICEF um, oh, wow, to meet the Rohingya um, refugees. Oh, and so amazing. I really rate that. And she's doing so much with the Yazidi women mm. in um, Northern Iran. Yeah. So, like, I, I love all that. I mean, I've never been to Darjeeling Express. It's really good. I really want to go. It's really, I think it is the best now. Oh, really? I think it's the best. Oh. But yeah, she's, she, you know, she's the first woman to get a chef's table. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and anyway, so, sorry, go on, say about, does she do these? Well, yeah, she does butchkas, and what she told me about them was, um, you know, street food is often, you know, it's about survival. And so the rickshaw pullers would basically want to be a quick, quick bit of food on the go. Yeah. And stay hydrated. So they're pulling rickshaws in the hot sun in Calcutta yeah. or whatever. And that bit of tamarind water, it's, it's like salted. Yeah, it's really, it's like electrolytes, hydrating. Yeah. You've got the chickpeas and all that. And you just stop by the roadside and they're selling them by the roadside and you, you eat them. So would you say the best place to have them is at Darjeeling Express? Or is there like a favourite place in Wembley that you go? I mean, or does your mum make you them? Know, I think, I think, no, my mum doesn't make them because those little kind of they're balls perfect. are like, they're, they're perfectly fluffy, formed. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But I mean, Wembley, yeah, there's like Gujarati restaurants like Sakoni's. Um, what? Okay, so that's the, that's the starter. What's the main? Or are we doing another? St- is that not a starter? Is that almost just a little canopy? That's an appetizer. Okay, fine. Right. Yeah. Then I would go um, to another kind of street food, Halim. Yeah, what's that? Halim is basically, imagine if you had dal, yeah. but then you also put it in a blender with a load of meat. So it's dal with like, it's kind of one of those dishes where you just throw it all in one pot. What have we got left over? We've got some dal, yeah. we've got some meat, mm. we've got some kind of ricey, grainy kind of bulgur wheat stuff. And we chuck it all in and it's all mixed together. And it looks kind of like, you know, um, it's not, looks like how it sounds. It's not pretty, it's but not, it tastes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of considered a little bit, it's not high cuisine, do you know what no, I mean? No, it's, it's all comfort together. food. It's amazing, man. I just love that taste of like dal mixed with a kind of salon or like, you know, um, a curry kind of base um, with little bits of meat that are kind of like shredded and just just all mixed in there with a little bit of wheat so it's like a complete meal Mm. in one go and i would say that is my start and with all this stuff you know you kind of would garnish it with like fried onions Mm. basically fried onions chopped uh ginger coriander and green chili and then okay so then that's not your that's your appetite no No, that's that's your starter what's your main Okay, your mum's Nihari. Nihari. Nihari has got to be the main. Nihari with like a stack of naans. Yeah. I mean... Do you go for... Wait, is it is it kind of like we got one dish for the main or would there be no, like a main dish and like, a side? You can have whatever. Come on, man. I mean, so what, but give what me kind of naan are you... Otherwise. What naan are you going to have? Are you going to have plain butter naan? Are you going to have garlic naan? Are you going to have just plain? Well, I mean, no. it's Peshwari. Do people... Like, I mean, People do, I, but I mean, at home, to be honest, so when you know, South Asian immigrants came to this country, they were like, where do you get naan from? Where do you get a proper bread? The bread that they sell in shops here is like sliced bread. Mm. That's no good. You can't eat. If you try and eat a curry with that, yeah. it goes soggy. Yeah. You can't actually lift any of the curry. Yeah. So what we all started eating... Um, oh, wow, that looks great. I don't know that I'm sure it is. So basically, we all used to eat all our curries with pita bread. Because it, it was the closest gr- yeah, consistency right. to naan. And so um, you call it double roti, you know. And the funny thing is, is that I did not know that pita bread wasn't Indian or Pakistani. <laughs> I remember when I was like 14 or something, it was like pita bread. I was like, oh, that's, that's Asian bread. And then people were like, no, it's not. It's Greek. What are you talking about? It was, it was like, you're not my father. It was like a crazy moment of like, what is going on? Yeah, so I would have that. I mean, I would probably have it with... With pita bread, just because it's old school and it reminds me of my like... I love that. Yeah, growing up and you just properly get in there and just, you know, sucking all the marrow out of the bone, the whole situation. Oh, yeah. Do you, uh, do you want yeah. to you're having that. your salad with it? Oh, yeah. Enjoy your vegetarian. You guys, because you're... I'm loving it. Mm, you're sweet. It's got like a mint kind of vibe in it as well, huh? Has it got mint in it? Yeah, a bit. Oh. Um, it's um, peas, mm. asparagus... Broad beans that I have a real issue with. I'm sorry, but sorry. they're in there. But enjoy- I just find them very. I'm loving this. I'm irritating. feeling but this very is virtuous, month. and I'm, this I'm is feeling yeah. It. It's a primavera risotto, very spring-like. You know, we had a bit of sun this week. There you go. Nearly at spring. I love it. Um, okay, so what what drink are you gonna have? Mm, I mean, 
pretty basic of me to say mango lassi, but no. mango lassi. Um, are you a pudding kind of person? Not I was growing up, but now I feel like, nah, it kind of gives me a bit of a headache. Oh God, you've got to have pud tonight. Huh? You don't have pudding tonight. Yeah, I'm down. But if I like kind of, if I like binge it, my brother's got a real sweet tooth. I need some weird like child way where I was like, well, if he's got a sweet tooth, I'm not going to have one. <laughs> some really bizarre thing. Um, you don't have to have it. Let's, let's have a look at what it is. As you know, I used to be vegetarian <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, the best dessert, if you can get, like, really fresh fruit. I know. And you just put a little bit of, like, cinnamon on a bit of orange. Or put, or like, mango. a bit of black pepper on mango. And, I love mango. Um, or guava with black pepper, that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Where are some of your favourite places to eat in London? Mm. Just said Darjeeling Express. No, I know, yeah, Darjeeling, but I mean, if you weren't going to have that kind of food. It's funny, let me Or do you always want to eat that food when you're out? No, not always. I mean, often actually I don't because I feel like. Cheating on your mum. <laughs> she does make me feel like that. <laughs> she really does, you know. If we ever go out and eat that kind of. Well, we can't go out and eat Asian food. I mean, she can't, it's just going to be a nightmare. She's going to. I mean, she isn't. Actually, yeah, she might send stuff back. You know, it's going to be like, no, 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 that's not how you make it. That's oh not. Oh my God. I love I mean? that. I love that. Because it's like, that. she's, uh, yeah, but her food is, is really amazing. I did that once with meringues. Do you remember? They were shop bought. They Definitely. were shop bought. And I oh, said, really? These are shop bought. And they said, no, they're not. I said, I can cook. And they are. Mm. How did you know? I'm just proud. They were shop bought. Um, Yo, I love that in this house, shop bought is like a, a swear word, isn't it? <laughs> I could just tell it's like a one word. Yes, yeah, it's a swear word. Yeah, you might it might apply to other things. <laughs> what do you think of this person's album, Shopboard? <laughs> it's a bit Shopboard, isn't it? It's a good disc. Oh my yeah. god, Mum, imagine. Go home with your Shopboard style. It's <laughs> like wow. Um, where what do I like to eat when I go out? I mean, I like trying things that I've never tried before. I like to go for the weirdest thing on the menu. Really? I quite like weird combinations. I quite like that kind of experimental thing. I had horse sashimi once in Japan. What, Maybe should I admit that? Horse, oh, horse sashimi. I had horse sashimi. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. I How did, did that. that taste? I was just. I mean, I was. I was young. I was young. I was just like that. Looks crazy. I can't believe that's on the menu. Let's try it. It tastes like beef. You know, it tastes exactly how you think. It tastes like raw beef. Like horse carpaccio. Horse carpaccio. Yeah. This is a really, really, really good risotto, man. Thank you so much. I'm really much. loving the range as well. I love that basically last minute you get told someone doesn't eat meat and you're like, oh, let's just let's just pull a Primavera risotto out of the hat. I'm like, what? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you in TV at the moment? Am I in TV at the moment? I'm not in TV at the moment, no. Have you done any British things? 
Um, I did a lot of British indie films. Yeah, but not any series. I haven't. I haven't done Would any you, British is there, TV series. Is it series. something that you'd like to do, or are you kind of like quite happy doing films? And no, America? I mean, I I like doing TV and film. I, you know, I like doing. The I mean, night off was. Just, oh, thank you. But I mean, it was perfection. <laughs> the relationship you had with the um, the, the the lawyer. I mean, all of it was just so. Oh, thanks. It was amazing. Oh man, it was a crazy experience making it because it was like. I just felt such crazy responsibility over it because we were like, you know, you go to Rikers Island prison and you see the inmates and you meet them and you interview them and then you go to the Innocence Project, which is this amazing charity that kind of works to overturn people's convictions. Mm. And I and I was just recording people's interviews and just kind of going, fucking hell, I've got to get this right. And it was just pretty stressful. And John Totoro, who plays the lawyer, he was who really... wasn't the first lawyer... No, I mean, the story of making that it's show was so crazy. crazy. I mean, we shot the pilot with, with James Gandolfini from The Sopranos. Sopranos, I've seen. Is he the one that times. died? It's my favourite show the ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And he died. Well, yeah, we shot the pilot and we were like, great, we're going to make the show. And then HBO didn't pick it up. They said, you know what? We don't really love this. I don't think we're going to make it. And it was like, okay, damn. And then they were kind of shopping it around to a couple of other channels and they were like, we'll make it. And then HBO went, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll do it. So then we're about to gear up to start shooting. We're going to do it. We'll start writing the other scripts. James Gandolfini tragically dies of a heart attack. So it was going to happen. Then it wasn't going to happen. Then it was going to happen. Now he, he passes away. It wasn't going to happen. And now you have to remake the and pilot. No, no. Well, I mean, he's only Part one scene in the pilot. Right. But now that he's passed away, this is not going to happen. So then it's off again. So on, off, on, off. Big name as well. Yeah. And then Robert De Niro said, I'll do it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. And um, great. And so Robert De Niro says, you'll do it. And then they get all eight scripts ready. They're ready to make it. Then he pulls out to do a, like a rom-com. And then, oh, and then I'm disappointed in him. I'm disappointed. We'll let him off. We'll let him off. But, but then he goes... Um, well, we got all these scripts ready and like we thought we'd be shooting. So what are we going to do now? And then, and then John Turturro stepped in and we're like, we're going to do it. And we did it. And um, You're like, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, the whole shooting of it was quite challenging, you know. It was physically challenging. I had to kind of go from being skinny, so I lost a lot of weight, to being really big. Yeah. And then I got, you know, that was really stressful. And then just the whole thing, just the whole shoot was super intense in every, on every level. So again, I was just like, all right, well, that's just done. Like, I've survived that. Like, see you later. Had no expectations. And then wins the Emmy for it. Yeah, crazy. So it's kind of weird how these things, you know, it's like in this, in this game, in, in life in general. Someone described it to me as like, well, you love football, and it's like you're waiting in the six-yard box for the cross to come in and the ball hits you on the back of the head from the other side and just dribbles over yeah. the goal line when you're oh, not no, looking. I'm going to make pudding in a minute. What's, what's for pudding? No, you, you're not having any because you don't like pudding. I don't know, but... Give you a you're tangerine. having a satsune, oh, Mum. Yeah, satsune. <laughs> <what you're laughs> you if you're good. Yeah, with some <laughs> salt good. on it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's roasted rhubarb Ooh. with some with some orange zest and stem ginger. What? Uh, with just actually, shop-bought, um, meringues. 
that we're going to bash up with some whipped cream. It's an eating and mess. It's, it's a posh eating mess. Yeah, I with love with it. Raspberries um, and with raspberries, and with raspberries, but the roasted uh, ro- rhubarb and yeah. This sounds perfect. Yeah. Hey, do you reckon how hashtag shop bought can shop, be a thing? Yeah. Do you think we should make I it a thing? Like hashtag pagan or something? Yeah, we can yeah, do exactly. hashtag shop bought. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That was great, man. Thank Aww, you. Um, much. But um, so I want to know about when the part when you had to tonk up. What were you having to eat? Were you having to go to the gym like mental? Yeah, I went for, to the gym for about two hours every day after work, and work was like a long time wait. So it was just, it was kind of unsustainable. I kind of almost had a bit of a breakdown. Really? Actually, I've never said that, but I kind of was losing it. I was just, so, I just felt so tense, and the role was tense, and the regime I had to do was tense. And it was actually through that that I started meditating. Um, because I was like, I need to find some way of keeping my shit together. I don't know, have you ever been in those situations where it's like, it's the only thing you can think about. Your mind is just stuck on a loop and the only thing that loop is saying is, you are fucking this up. And you're like, just the the worst kind of inner voice, just on that. And I remember trying to like, go on holiday at the Christmas break to kind of clear my head and I'd be sat there with friends or whatever and people would just look at me and be like bro are you, are you okay like I just looked like I was uh, just I don't know it's just it's crazy how harsh we can be to ourselves right the voices in our heads um but in terms of what I had to but maybe it was also partly because of what I had to eat it's just fucking chicken breast and broccoli uh and avocado um, 24-7. But do you think it was partly because the, the responsibility of delivering this performance? Maybe. I mean, it was it was a heavy, it was a heavy drama. It was, and I think also I was, um, you know, every film set has its own alchemy, you know? Mm. And sometimes things can kind of like make people feel relaxed. Sometimes things can make people feel on edge. And for whatever reason, you know, the whole thing started just to become a little bit edgy. And it, and it wasn't just me. It was like lots of people were kind of like, you know, people were like putting their back out. People were just like saying, actually, I'm not turning up for work today. And it just the whole thing was like, but credit to, you know, everyone involved, man. And, and to, you know, the people in charge, we like got it, got it over the line. This is a vibe. How much do you want? How like much it? you want to give me? Yeah, that's you can have good more, to me. Darling. Thank you. Like you can see. We've so got wait, a what's in here. this? This is. It's, what did you do? You took rhubarb. It's rhubarb. It's stem ginger. It's orange. Thank you. And what did you cook it all? No, some of it's fresh fruit. Like you cooked the rhubarb, right? Roasted the rhubarb with a bit of orange some? juice. Yeah, but less than that. Okay, um, Alice. Roasted the rhubarb with a little bit of orange juice and orange peel. Well, it's actually a satsuma because I didn't have an orange. And then with some stem ginger as well, cut into it. And roast it for about, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? And then let that sit out, whip some cream up. Um, didn't actually have enough rhubarb, so shoved a few berries in there with some meringue, more stem ginger, bish bash bosh, that's it. What do you What's think? Is that like? an orange peel? Oh yeah, is it? It's sick, I love it. Or or some ginger, stem ginger in there. I love it. It's so easy, it's mm. honestly. So, you are in rehearsals, eating chicken whilst you're doing your rehearsals. Yeah. Um, what are you rehearsing for? Are you doing festivals? Are you doing a tour? Mm-hmm. I saw you're doing something in Manchester. Yeah, so 
So it's a concept album, right? It's about my breakup with Britannia or Britney. So it tells a story. And there's a whole kind of, you know, there's a kind of world. Every time you go into a story, I kind of want there to be a world around it. So that's what we're doing. So um, for the live show, it's not just a normal concert. It's kind of like, kind of almost like a theatre show, kind of elements of that or immersive kind mm. of experience kind of situation Amazing. so doing that with Manchester International Festival they've given us a warehouse in Manchester and then I'm doing that show again uh, uh, in New York at BAM in Brooklyn and then gonna just do yeah so I'm kind of doing more that kind of thing trying to create a special kind of memorable world and story and experience um, again it's just that idea of like putting all the different sides of you into one mm. one thing um, I'll probably still do the odd like kind of live just PA kind of thing but I think where I'm at right now is I just want to like try and push myself mm. and do something a little bit different do stuff that I haven't done before who's directing it um it's Kirsty Housley have you worked and with her she's I've never worked with her before but I did do a version of something like this 10 years ago and got wicked reviews and then it didn't get booked anywhere because <laughs> people didn't know where to put it mm. And I was so scarred by it in a way because I just put everything, I called in every favour, I racked up all these IOUs, I attracted single, and I went and got this investment and got it paid for, paid everyone who I owed money to, developed this thing, got more money, developed a whole thing, took over Fabric Nightclub for two days, took over like, you know, all these tents at Latitude Festival and Glastonbury and Sadler's Wells Theatre and created this whole experience, mm -hmm. like secret cinema vibe. And it just... I was like a new artist with no big tunes was suddenly walking around with this really exciting live show that cost how much to book? Mm. Like, what? No, of course not. Mm. And 10 years ago, and in a way I just realised like, oh shit, I'm like, I think I finally got over that to kind of come back to it and go, well, there was something in that. There was something interesting in that idea. So I'm kind of running with that, see what happens. I want to know a new question we started asking. Did you take Pat lunch to school? Um, yeah. And what was in it? Yeah, I took Pat lunch to school. What was in it? Oh my God, I had a He-Man um, lunchbox. Lunch He-Man, yeah. He I think, or Thundercats. Yes, Thundercats. So I'd probably have Capri Sun, standard, yeah. Capri or, like, Sun. or like a kind of Just Juice. Do you remember Just yeah. Juice? They're still going. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Orange Just me. Juice, I'd say. And maybe like a penguin. Oh yeah, yeah, and then when you when you think about it, it's crazy. What, you, what we the used to sugar. eat for lunch is just sugar, <laughs> and then probably a sandwich, and the sandwich would probably be in white bread. Yeah, and it would one of them would be like a jam sandwich. Oh my god, Rich. Yeah, and the other one. You have good teeth too. <laughs> thanks, and uh, and the other one would be like leftovers of Indian food okay so it would be like a white sandwich like mighty white or something and um, it would have little ripped up bits of like chicken tikka in it oh nice or it would have like qima you know like mince mince meat mm. like curry mince crisps not really crisps man nah but the more I think of it most of my school days there were school dinners oh man so jokes I remember when I was a kid this is like six years old and they'd had school dinners 
and this is like back in the day before any political correctness or anything and we used to have stickers and I had a sticker on it said no pork it's like you're a little oh kid you're like no God. pork little st- I mean nah that like was supposed, supposed to help mouth. me that was supposed to help me I was happy about the sticker I was unhappy about how they dealt with the sticker I remember we going up to the dinner ladies and she'd said no the dinner lady would say to me don't be fussy and she put the sausage in my plate oh my and they'd goodness. be like stop being fussy we always get this and you had to eat it and we'd be just sat there it's like 1988 terrible and we sat there in the school and they're like you're not getting up till you finish your plate oh and you just rago sat there eating pork sausages going I don't think I'm supposed, supposed to, to be eating this and I go it's not pork and I go, it's not pork it's sausage oh you know God. like that kind of thing Crazy man, so funny. Is pork good? If you guys do, you guys eat pork? No, no, you don't. Okay, right. I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of hype about bacon and pork. People are like, oh, mate, bacon's you know, I mean, amazing. I I, 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 Is it all know, that really? Like bacon, the smell of bacon's amazing. Is it? It's the smell that kills sick, me. Really? Yeah, me too. I don't really? like the smell. Never I'm choose sweet bacon. That smell at all. I don't like the smell in McDonald's though. Of the chips. You know, the smell of fillet of fish is the smell of a treat for me. Is it? Because fillet of fish, all Muslims, you know, it's, there's, McDonald's isn't halal. So then you eat the fillet of fish. So listen, if you, if, when it's Ramadan, go to a McDonald's at around sunset and ask for a fillet of fish um, and see what happens. They'll F- say, join the queue. And there's this 50 Muslims just waiting there waiting for the fillet of fish. They'll be like, we've got, we've got an eight minute wait on the fillets. We've got eight minute. <gasps> around the time of breaking fast, there's no fillets, man. That's but there's so halal at Nando's. There, there is, yeah. They've, they've smashed it. I remember the first time when we went to Pakistan, really, I mean, we went when I was like two to get circumcised. Fun trip. Recommended oh, to everyone. Um, at two? At two, yeah. So wh- why do they wait until you're two? Um, I think my dad wanted to make a like thing of it. Like, hey, we'll go it's to Pakistan. It's a Pakistan. big celebration. If you're willing. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah right. Like, you know, we do get circumcised. My first memory. Oh, yeah, no, you're kidding me. Memory, yeah. <gasps> I just memory. remember, like, sat lying there going, ah, and, like, this dude with a moustache just, like, walking around. Uh, that is terrible. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad, you know. Um, <laughs> I went there. I feel I've just told you a Pakistan horror story. I feel like I've got to make <laughs> no, up with a real, with an amazing story, which is when I went again when I was 15. Yeah. And they had halal McDonald's. Halal McDonald's. What else do you want, man? That was your dream. Oh, mate. What did you eat? Everything. We ordered every single thing. A whopper, I should think, every day. Everything. Guys, you've got to visit Pakistan. I know. I'd love to go, actually. I mean, I'm going on again. Like, this is like my vegetarianism, as if I'm some expert. (laughs) I've been about three times. Um, I actually was thinking of doing a show out there. Mm. Yeah. Where? Karachi? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, someone invited me to do some stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, I mean, people have this preconception about what it's like. Even I think I had a preconception of what it's like. But I went there about a year and a half ago. And there's just a sense of like anything can happen, which is can be a little bit edgy, but also just incredible. Like the sense of freedom. Like, but man, last time I went to Pakistan, it was jokes. I basically, we went to this like, we wanted to visit this shrine, me and my mate, who's a film director. We just made a film together, went to Berlin called Mogul Mowgli. And um, we went to Pakistan just to like do some research for it. So we go to this shrine, we get on this like little boat, like this little kid on like little pirate ship kind of thing. It was like, yeah, jump on. Like this 12 year old kid, we're like, all right, cool. Jump on, we're like dodging like Chinese oil tankers going on the way to this little island off the coast of Karachi, mad. Get there. And we're about to come in and they go, um, where's, your, where's your passports? 
and we showed our passports. We went, nah, Pakistanis only. We went, yeah, but come on, like, we're kind of Pakistani. And they're like, no, you're not. Um, you can't come through. I'm like, well, we want to go to this shrine. Like, we've heard it's like really colorful and vibesy, and, you know. And uh, he goes, well, we've turned this island of Menorah into a naval base as well. So you're now on, you're Pakistani non nationals on a military base. Shit. You're not going to be here. You're trespassing. trespassing. So yeah. come with me. We're arresting you. So we're like, oh, you know. So we get taken into this little like hut, and there's like some dude sat there behind bars and some little. We're like, fucking hell, what are we going to do? And the thing is, people don't realize how much art and beauty and culture there is in that part of the world. All you ever see in the headlines is just the bullshit, you know, and the, the sad part. If all you ever heard about the UK was stabbing. You know, what would you think about it? And over there, poetry is such a massive part of, of, the, of the culture. It's like it's the backbone of the culture, really, where poets fill stadiums. And so they started asking, so what are you guys doing here? And I went, oh, I'm a poet. Because I was there for like music purposes. And they went, oh, but that's a, that's a lifelong path, you know. Like, how can you be a poet at such a young age? You can't call yourself a poet. You could say you're learning. Such an interesting way of look, looking at it. This is like with military police just sat there. We're talking about poetry. Did you have to like spit some bars? I literally had to spit some bars to <gasps> get out of behind bars. bars. Like actually say some of his words yeah so they literally were like well show us something so it was literally a freestyle do you know what I mean oh if you want your freedom spit some bars <gasps> so I did and they were like yeah it was good you can go <laughs> which is like you know, only in Pakistan the military police like but you know what he's got a nice flow let's <laughs> let him go nice man because <laughs> what because we love poetry because everyone in this country loves poetry you know in, in the Emirates in the UAE you know, over here we have, you know, you have American Idol, you have Pop Idol. Yeah. In the UAE, it's called Poetry Idol. Oh my That's God. what it is. It's Poetry Idol. All people from the Arab world, they come and they compose proper poetry and they come and they do it. That's the position it occupies in the culture, you know. And, and people aren't aware of that. To be honest, I wasn't really aware of that. You know, because when you, when you migrate, you kind of, your day-to-day -day interaction you know, with the culture become something else rather than that, that heritage yeah, and that legacy. That's true. And part of what I, and actually, you know what, that's what's on this, I'm bringing it back to the album. No, but, you should. But no, but that was some, a big learning curve for me was actually digging into my own past and realizing that there is all this beautiful stuff there. So there's, for example, there's like the first track on the album, it's called The Breakup, mm. but it's also in brackets next to it, it's called Shikwa. And that's referencing this old poem by Muhammad Iqbal, the guy who invented the, the concept of Pakistan. Or there's a, the next track is called Toba Tek Singh. That's taken from a short story by this writer called Manto, who was writing about, basically there's this guy's character and he's refusing to choose between India and Pakistan. He's refusing to choose between East and West. He's going to make his home, like I was saying, in no man's land. And that story is called Toba Tek Singh. And so, I know, I just feel like I've... I've, I've gained a lot in the last few years of I've always been culturally connected but more in a day-to-day -day domestic way mm. but actually going back and looking at like actually who are these poets what is this music what, how can I and bringing it into what I'm doing today it's kind of set me free a little bit you know you feel like you're not just a atom floating around like finding your way you realize which is really one of the most comforting things to realise, I think, in life, or can also be a bit restrictive, is that you're a link in a chain. Mm. Um, I think there's something kind of comforting in that. 
You, I, I want to go to the bloody, the, the, the temple, the church of Riz, because you are, like, you're so ment- motivational and, like, you're so, you're amazing <laughs> oh, how thanks. you speak. No, you are. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I've spent a lot of time being demotivated and being, like, uh, you, you know, s- full of self-doubt, like all of us, I think. you do seem in a good place. I mean, you seem you seem excited and happy and energised considering you have your own yeah, promo look week. At, look how much sugar you just fed oh, me. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's what's going on over there. Bringing you back to your, yeah, your, your He-Man um, lunchbox. We, well, I would like you to be my friend forever. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm coming back from munch round two. Yeah. Um, Riz, thanks so much for coming on. I feel like you are our national treasure, and um, and everyone's saying please don't break up with uh, Britain just yet. But here's your tea towel to remind you of this beautiful. Yes. Amazing. Thank you. And um, but really good luck with everything. I don't think you need any luck because you're just so in control and killing it. And we're all so proud of you. And it's just so nice to reconnect again. Just see and seeing how much you're smashing it. And you're brilliant. Oh, thank you. Yo, I want to come here every week, man. I'm loving this vibe. Well, Riz Ahmed, mum. He was just so interesting so fascinating so clever just a delight charismatic intelligent special exciting um interested in you so generous to me um but yeah just absolutely love him and I felt like he could have stayed for ages and that we can invite him over again I think so I'm really annoyed at myself for not asking him what it was like to impregnate Lena Dunham in Girls. I'm very annoyed at myself. Jessica, There's so many I'm things. I'm kind of relieved you didn't. Okay, well, he was amazing as the stoner surfing yeah, teacher. He's so, str- he's so intellectual. Yes, he is. So clever. Yes. You you felt like you were there. You were, felt I very, felt I was learning. You've had a right old culture vulture yeah. day today, Mum. Woman's what? Hour, Five Live, Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Do you know we've got a cookbook out? My brain hurts from today, Jessie, I tell you. we've got a cookbook out. No, I don't want to bloody talk about the cookbook anymore. I'm sick to death of it. Darling, however, stop it. However, the Primavera risotto was fantastic. Thank you so much, Riz Ahmed. Thank you, Mum, um, for not coughing all um, dinner. You did really well. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams.